Blog Talk Radio. to the August 8th, 2008 edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I am your host, KZ. <clears throat> this episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsors, FogCityWrestling.com. Uh, go to Fog City. You can find out everything that's going on with uh, San Francisco-based independent Fog City Wrestling. And our other sponsor would be WrestleWarehouse.com. Lucha Libre masks, wrestling DVDs, all kinds of different things, um, as well as the new two-disc shoot interview with the Ballard Brothers. Uh, the first disc is about two and a half hours of interview, and uh, they touch on many, many, many subjects um, in the States and international as well. And the second disc is a best of some of their best matches from San Diego-based independent SoCal Pro Wrestling, um, that's good stuff, and that goes for 19.99. And the other new shoot interview is the Michael Modest shoot interview, which is two hours and 45 minutes of frickin' goodness. Um, yeah, that one's going for 14.99, and that that's just really good stuff. Um, Mike is is one hell of a talker. Um, you know, he can cut promos and. He tells a great story as well. So, uh, but, but <clears throat> excuse me. Before we move on, we're going to go to the NWA SoCal Pro Wrestling Control Center. Welcome to the NWA Wrestling and SoCal Pro Report. SoCal Pro returns to Boys and Girls Club in Oceanside on Saturday night, August 9th, bell time, 7 p.m., featuring Jason Redondo, Johnny Goodtime, Adam Pierce. Tommy Wilson, SoCal Crazy, The Ballard Brothers, Cool Imagery, and more. On our wrap-up from the last SoCal Pro event, we'll hear from The Ballard Brothers, A, Tommy Wilson and Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce's first interview with SoCal Pro since... Well, I'll let him explain what's happened. Here. We. Go. In the tag team division, Canada's gift to professional wrestling, The Ballard Brothers faced Cool Imagery. It wasn't as much the Ballard Brothers winning as Cool Imagery making a mistake and one partner knocking out the other. The Ballard Brothers made these comments. The SoCal officials are still working on it, but it sounds like there's going to be a rematch. The Ballard Brothers against Cool Imagery at the next SoCal event in August. What? A rematch? A rematch? We already beat them. Why do we have to keep coming down here to Southern California? Why can't they come up to Canada where real men and real women are? 
Yeah, that is totally correct. Why would we have to give them a rematch? What did they do to deserve that? They hit each other and we beat them, yet we planned it and they get a rematch? How is that fair to us? Huh? That, that is the American way. That's what you people call the American way. And it's not. It's not right. Yeah, you have them come up to Canada where they have to face the elements and they have to face us. And let's see how they feel about that. Yeah, let's have a match outside in Canada right now. Uh, see if they don't come out with and t even take their ring jackets off. They'll be scared to come out there to Canada and wrestle us outside or inside. It doesn't matter. In SoCal Pro's July main event, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pearce faced Tommy Wilson in a match that involved more than the two participants and the referee, perhaps some brass knuck, Tommy Wilson was disqualified. Tommy made these comments right after the match. We'll follow those with comments that Adam Pearce made since his last defense of the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on August 2nd in New York City. You know, this is just like Vanderpile, Redondo, Pierce, and TNT. The fact is, I hit the moonsault on Pierce tonight, and I had him beat. TNT had to come down, and he interfered in my match. And now SoCal Crazy, he may have got me disqualified, but I don't blame him for one second. Because, see, he was coming to my aid, and I appreciate that. But you, TNT, you, Pierce, Redondo... Vanderpile, I'm coming for you guys. See, you're scared. Pierce, you've never been able to beat me. A DQ means nothing. You know it, I know it. I've pinned you twice right to the mat. One, two, three. I've done it in San Diego. I've done it in LA. I'll do it in Charlotte. I'll do it in San Antonio. I'll do it in New York City, Canada. I don't care where we go. I will pin you to the mat the next time that we meet up, whether it's a tag match or for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. But Pierce, there's going to come a day when you and I are going to meet for that title one more time. And I'm going to get you. Whether Vanderpile's there, whether Redondo and TNT show up, it's not going to matter. Because there will be a day when I pin you to the mat, one, two, three, and I become the rightful NWA World Champion. The belt that is rightfully mine, and you know it! Why? Because Scrap Iron Adam Pierce said so. August 9th, 2008 is one of those days that people are going to talk about, especially in the Southern California area, because that is the day when I, the Scrap Daddy, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce, am going to face off once again with a man who uh, has a propensity for being a thorn in my side. We're talking about one Tommy Wilson. And the NWA affiliate SoCal Pro Wrestling is sanctioning another bout between us. Last time for SoCal Pro, Tommy Wilson took me to the limit in an NWA World Heavyweight Championship defense. And it came out short. This time, this time, Wilson, the stakes are different. You see, this was scheduled to be another world title defense. But unless you're living under a rock, you know that on the 2nd of August in New York City, I was beaten for the title by Brent Albright. And that still doesn't feel right to say. See, Wilson, you have the unfortunate, the unfortunate tag of being my first opponent. The unfortunate task, my brother, of being my first opponent since losing the world title. Do you know what that means, Wilson? That means you should prepare in a few short days for unmitigated violence. 
you are going to be my proverbial whipping boy. Because all the frustration, you know, it's been over 11 months since I first faced Albright in Puerto Rico. So we've got 11 months of frustration because he's been a thorn in my side for one way or another. And now the man's taking my gold. And it's you, Tommy Wilson, it's you that are going to pay for it. You had nothing to do with me losing the title. But you're going to be a byproduct of the rage that has been born inside me, Wilson, because I have nothing, and I repeat, nothing on my mind except regaining the famous ten pounds of gold. And that makes you nothing but a stepping stone. And not even really that, Wilson, because I don't need to beat you to get a title shot. I'm afforded a rematch by the NWA. And I'll have one. But in the meantime, Tommy Wilson, I hope you bring your friends and family. Because Oceanside, California, August 9th for SoCal Pro Wrestling, there's going to be a funeral. All of my frustration, all of my pent-up anger, every ounce, every single ounce of angst that I can muster is going to be unleashed on you. Every single ounce of pain that I can inflict is going to be on you. Every single ounce, Tommy Wilson, of retribution that I can get is going to come from beating on you. You see, I'm like an animal, a cat, a wild cat backed into a corner. I've got no chance except for fighting. And luckily for this cat, Tommy Wilson, I love to fight. So I'm going to use you as a pawn. I'm going to use you as a sparring partner, as it were. But I'm not going to give it a, an easy ride for you. I'm going to pounce. I'm going to claw. I'm going to scratch. I'm going to fight. I'm going to bite. I'm going to do everything that I do. Everything that made me a world's champion. Times ten. Tommy, you've wrestled for quite a long time. But you've never faced a man the likes of me. Especially in my current situation. I will see you August 9th. Oceanside Boys and Girls Club, NWA and SoCal Pro Wrestling is going to present your end, Tommy Wilson. I hope you've prepared for it. See you at the Oceanside Boys and Girls Club on Saturday at 7 p.m. Jason Redondo defending the SoCal Pro Heavyweight Championship against Johnny Goodtime. Adam Pierce versus Tommy Wilson. In the TNT Gauntlet Challenge, SoCal Crazy goes up against the mystery opponent. The Ballard Brothers versus Kuli Madrina rematch. And Camaro versus LTP. Great seats available at the door for SoCal Pro Wrestling. All right. Now, that was the NWA SoCal Pro Wrestling Control Center. What's going on, Ed? Caller from the 210. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Keezy? What's happening? Same old, same old, bro. Just uh, kicking it, kicking it. Um, cool, man. I couldn't tell if that was live or a taped promo or what was going on there for a second. It was, it was taped, bro. <laughs> that was good stuff, but Adam Pierce is a great promo. But um, those that are listening, uh, the Rubber Guard Radio half of this double shot will be uh, taking calls Listener calls the whole show, area code 347-215-7946.
Once again, 347-215-7946. And uh, we're going to be playing trivia in a little while for some prizes from uh, my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. What's going on, Eddie? Uh, not too much, man. Just watching the uh, Olympic uh, opening ceremony, dude. Mm. And shit. It's uh, actually pretty cool. So it uh, looks like your boy, Big Daddy V, got released. Uh, it's not really my boy. I mean, he's okay. I mean, I used to like that, what do you call it, when he was uh, wearing the big purple pajamas and was a ladies killer. But as far as the Big Daddy V character, you know, I mean, it's not like I hated the guy, but it's not like I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Besides, I always thought that they should have uh, made his finisher, you know, that big elbow. Instead of just dropping the elbow, he should have grabbed that big-ass titty dude and stretched it out and dropped the fucking titty bomb instead of the elbow dude. So I thought he would have got all, got over a lot more if he would have done that. But, oh, well, it's not to be. So, anyway, I mm. guess he'll be back. He always comes back. He'll be back sooner or later. Very true. Very true. And as far as the other releases, uh, one I'm not very familiar with, James Curtis. What the fuck is James yeah. Curtis? He was, uh, did, I, uh, I did no he wrestle idea. Brandon? Did he wrestle Brandon Walker this past Tuesday? I think he did. Okay, I, I, I think, think he, he did. did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never heard of him before. I saw him like I just thought he was like enhancement talent when he was on a ECW. I didn't actually know he was a contract worker. Uh, I guess that sucks to be him, <laughs> you know, young dude, you know, thinking he has a chance to, you know, have a break and boom. But uh, you know, he didn't impress me in that match or anything. So, oh well, you know, you know, he needs to go out there and learn his craft a little more, work some indies, get some experience. You know, I'm sure the door's still open for him. He's a young dude. There you go. Well, we have we have on the line the host of. Big D and the Super Friends. Big D, what's going on, brother? Yeah, man, what's going on? Quite, quite a surprise to uh, to, to be calling in. Uh, man, I swear I took a nap today. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat's kind of hoarse. I came home, I take a four-hour nap, I wake up, everybody's fired. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Gone. Like, was it seven people? Yeah, seven. Nunzio, that's a surprise. I'm well, you know what's weird? Go ahead, Danny. Surprise. That was. Well, what's weird is I received a text message today from my friend, and I cannot confirm this, okay? But it says that WWE is going to be releasing Carlito and Bob Holly. Can anybody confirm this? Because I don't see it on any of the main sites. And I, I don't want to put it up on Angry Marks or on any boards or anything until I know for sure. Possibly Carlito. Possibly Carlito. Well, he's been wanting to go for a while, so you know I'm sure that's not a big thing. But you guys said seven. I'm 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 looking at the cuts on Brian's uh, webpage, and right now I just see Big Daddy V. I see Shannon Moore, James Curtis, Domino, Nunzio, and Nick Patrick. Who would the seventh person be? I guess oh, you're right. Six. six, maybe. Yeah, I miscounted. I'm really surprised that they let Nunzio go. Yeah, he was a good hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was a good hand, but they really haven't used him. I mean, the last time I remember seeing him was when he, teamed, he was part of that uh, Batista team against, like, Edge and his guys when they brought in, like, Nunzio and uh, Colin Delaney and mm-hmm. Unaki. 
Other than that, I don't remember when was the last time I saw him. But uh, yeah, he's a good hand. I'm kind of sad he left. You know. Well, the the thing the thing with Nunzio is he's the type of veteran that you can put in there to to work a program with a young kid, and you know he's able to teach that way. And you know, and he he you know more than a quote unquote job guy on TV, you know where he can you know actually go ten minutes, you know, and, and carry someone, you know and. It's kind of a shame, but, you know, I guess we'll be getting a shoot interview with Little Guido very soon, so. Uh, that's yeah, exciting because I, mean. uh, I want to hear about his time in UWFI, and he's he's been around. People think he's just the ECW guy, but he's been all over the world. Well, he, he did a shoot interview with uh, Smart Mark Video, I think. No, not Smart Mark, the other one, uh, Taryn. Uh, Tarrington Talents or something, and they just sucked. They just didn't know what to ask him. And um, Harrington Talents, and they just didn't know what to ask him. So yeah, I man, you, you gotta do research when you do one of those. Well, <laughs> that's very true. Very true. So um, you you hear that that Holly and Carlito may be released. Hmm, I heard that. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me, that I've only heard it from one person, okay? He sends me a text, I'm looking at it, it says, Wow, Chris Harris fired by WWE, and I heard that Carlito and Bob Holly are gone too. So, But I can't confirm this anywhere. I mean, I've heard rumors. Um, I read on a bunch of sites that last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, there were issues with Holly where he... They didn't want to reveal what happened, but something where he disrespected somebody in the locker room, like, severely... Like, I know he's a bully and whatnot, supposedly, but I've heard that he did, like, something really crossing the line. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it could be. I mean, we've heard stories of guys shitting other guys' bags and, you know, but the, what, what could it possibly be? He probably told Hunter to fuck off. That's probably the only thing I could think of. I mean, for a veteran like him, he'd be, like, one of the guys who's kind of, like, the police in the locker room. I mean, he'd be one of the guys that if you disrespected him, you would get in trouble, so... For him to do something like that, he had to say something to either Hunter, Stephanie, or Vince, or somebody Baker. in the high system. I would think him and Taker would get along. I mean, they've been there for so long, you know. I mean, I mean, it's possible, but I would have to think it might, you know. I'm like I'm saying, like I'm saying, I'm thinking like Hunter, Stephanie, or Vince, or like maybe Kevin Dunn, or something, somebody like that. That's the only thing I can think about, you know, because he's considered one of the boys and one of the like. Uh, he's kind of like a JBL in a way. In the, in the locker room, so it's kind of that's kind of a surprise that he is. Yeah, but I, from what I heard, I mean, it's one of those things where, they, it, like, you're right about everything you said before. I heard they're saying this is a serious incident, and, and they're making it seem like I heard this from a lot of different people, a lot of different sites. You, you can read it. Um, they're making it seem like if this gets out, it could like make the company look bad. So I don't know. It might not even have anything to do with wrestling, for all we know. But I know it happened in the locker room. That's what I what I heard. You know, it's all hearsay. Very good point. Uh, well, let's uh, let's play some trivia. Um, the person who can answer this trivia question, let's see, what can I give you from Wrestle Warehouse? I can give you a Best of Eddie Guerrero in Japan Volume One DVD and a Mill Mascaris Lucha Libre mask. If you can answer this question, uh, who was the first WCW European champion, and who did he defeat to win the title? Who was the first WCW European champion, 
And who did he defeat to win the title? The call-in number is 347-215-7946. You two smart marks on the line cannot answer. No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say a word. But that's taking it back, though. I'll tell you that much. The, I don't even think most people even know that WCW had a European title. There you go. There you I go. I hope we get some answers, man. Yeah, I do, too. I'm, I'd love to give away some uh, merch. I'm looking at all this crap here in my, in my office that uh, I need to clear some space. <clears throat> that, that's so, what I picture when I think of KZ. I picture you, your house with just random DVDs all over the place, like you know, like in the the litter box and the sandbox. There's just DVDs everywhere. That's what I think of when I think of your house, you know, <laughs> which is cool. Trust me. <laughs> no, not even close. Hit uh, Alex Goff on the board with a PM and ask him what my what my apartment looks like. Alex has stayed with me before, so. Great. Uh, all right, guys, you uh, you want to you want to hang on, D, or or do you want to take off and enjoy your Friday night? No, I'll hang on. I'm good to go. I, I I look. I was supposed to write the SmackDown report tonight. I woke up uh, late because I sort of took a nap at like 8:30, halfway through a match. So I already let let Stevie know that uh. I let Stevie know that I can't put because I do SmackDown reports for Angry Marks. I can't put it up right away. I, I can't. It has to be like tomorrow or or later tonight. So I can hang on for a little bit. Okay, cool. Are we gonna wait for uh, somebody to call in, or are we gonna go on to the next question? Uh, we're just gonna uh, move on. Um, tonight or tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Time at the Target Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, UFC 87. All right, guys, let's start at the beginning. We have uh, Ben Saunders against Ryan Thomas. I have no idea who Ben... Wasn't Ben Saunders on one of the Ultimate Fighters? I do believe he was on Ultimate Fighter 6, right? Uh, the I name sounds familiar. I just can't place it, though. Okay. Well, there, there are a couple of 170s that mean nothing, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the dark matches. We have a lot of guys that, you know, like I didn't even hear of. Um, here's one. We have Czech Congo and Dan Evanson. Um, Evanson's got a 10-2 record. Um, I don't know who he's beaten or or whatnot, but he's taking on the big Czech Congo. Um, what do you think, guys? I, I, I think it'll be boring because Czech Congo is always boring. That's just my opinion. I can't give you a winner. I just think it'll be boring. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't really give you a winner. I don't know enough about the other guy. Chick, um, you know, he got that one upset off of, uh, over Mirkoff because I guess Mirkoff was a little hurt and wasn't able to perform the way he should have been. And then he um, he got decked by Heath Herring and decided to turn it into a ground battle, even though he had the advantage standing up. But he got chicken shit after that one punch. And, you know, he sucked a dick in that fight. But, uh, uh, I guess I might go with Congo just because I know a little bit more about him, but I'm pretty sure it'll be, like you say, it'll be a boring fight, and, you know, it's, I doubt anyone will ever see it. Okay. Just, I, I, I think Evanson used to fight for Bodog. Yeah, well, yeah, he's got a couple Bodog fights. I'm looking through his through his record, and he's lost to Christian Wellish. He's lost to Dan Bobish. That's about it. You know, everybody else are pretty much no-names. So, yeah, yeah. Rob Wentz. Who the hell is that? What's real funny yeah. about this, about uh, 
uh, fucking Congo fighting even on this card is they offered him the Brock Lesnar fight before they offered it to Herring, and he said, fuck no. So you also got to take points away from him for being a pussy at that. Yeah, there you go. That's why he's in a dark fight. And uh, we have another dark fight, which uh, one way or the other, I'm going to see this fight. Um, either they'll play it on the pay-per-view or I'll get the UFC on demand. Uh, we have Luke, I drink, drink my own piss, Como, with his whopping 9-6 and six record against the Barn Cat. Mike Sawyer's favorite fighter, the Barn Cat, Tamden McCrory. Tamden yeah. Uh, one record. It'll be interesting. Luke's always been one of those kind of characters. Ever since you see him on The Ultimate Fighter 2, he's just, he's a character, man. There's just something about him that draws me to watch him want to fight. Kind of like what you were saying that you're going to see it one way or another because there's something about him that just makes me want to see him fight because of how weird he is. You know, when we was doing that, you know, that yoga meditation crap on the show, which is fine, I'm sure it works, but it's just he's a funny guy, and he wears these geeky glasses, and he comes off like this guy who plays Dungeons and Dragons all day, and then he gets in there, and he takes you to the ground, and he starts, you know, just awesome jiu-jitsu, so... Uh, he's all he's awesome. He's a great fighter. I haven't seen too much of uh, of Tamden. Um, not anything that comes to mind. That is, I probably did see him, but nothing that sticks out. He's got a pretty good record. Is he an IFL guy? Uh, no, I think he fought in something called CFFC, Cage Fury Fighting Championships. Mm-hmm. One of those little indie ones. Uh, well, you know the guys have to come from somewhere, right? That's true. Gotta start in the indies. There you go. Any uh, any thoughts there, uh, Eddie? Um, yeah, like I'm a big fan of Luke. Like for everything that D said about him, I mean, he just just comes off as just just some regular dude. You know, he's got like a little weird, a few weird things about him, but you know, he just he's a cool dude. I enjoy watching him fight on that Ultimate Fighter. I mean, he was like the dark horse. He had a good fight against Joe, and uh, I like to. I'm hoping I can get to see this on, on one of the specials or something, you know, because I'm a big fan. So I'm predicting him to win. Uh, hopefully he'll pull it off, and uh, I'm pretty sure he will. I don't think the Barn Cat dude's any good, and uh, you know he's backed by Mike Sawyer, and Mike Sawyer, you know he he picks a lot of shitty fighters like uh like the you know Phil Veroni and shit like that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ed uh, Ed is great at building up angles. There it is. You're a heat magnet, Edward Arter. Okay, then the, uh, what should be opening the pay-per-view telecast, we have uh, the athlete, Jason McDonald, against Demi and Maya. This is going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, This is is the the test for Demi to see if he's going to be able to break through and move up in the 185-pound class and, you know, up up into the next level. Because it seems to me that Jason McDonald is the gatekeeper for, for this division. Um, you go up to him and then you move on up, you know, up the ranks. Um, I think that Damian, you know, is probably going to, I would say probably say tap him out um, because he will not win a decision. There's no way because uh, McDonald is a conditioning freak. So, you know, my, uh, Damian's got to get it early. Uh, what do you guys think? Or um, Big D? 
Yeah, um, I, I have, we talked about this on on the uh, on my show last uh, last Tuesday, and that's why I'm here because I'm pretty anxious to hear what you have to say about the top three fights because you had to leave early. That's what I really wanted to get your thoughts on. But uh, of course, we got to go in order. Um, like I said, Jason is very experienced. Win or lose, he's been around. Um, but um, Damien just is one of those guys that's like winning every fight. He he might be in that zone. Where, you know, you get a fighter in that zone like Vanderlei Silva was a few years ago where he's just, uh, you know, he's got that mentality where I won't lose no matter what. But unfortunately, I've never seen Maya fight. So I can't say if it's just, you know, if he's been winning convincingly or not. Um, but I'm going to go with him on this one because he seems, from what I've heard, he seems hungry. And that ultimately can win you a fight. Good point. Very good point. Eddie. A lot on McDonald, you know, he's had some uh, some good wins, but a lot of those wins were against guys who were inexperienced and uh, guys who was able just to, like, uh, just pull off. Even though he was probably losing the fight up until that point, he was able to catch them in a, in a submission. Um, I don't know very much about the, the other guy, um, uh, so I'm going to go with McDonald just out of uh, experience, but I wouldn't be surprised if he lost. Uh, you can... If you impose your will on him, you can beat him. And uh, you just got to watch out for being caught from something like from a surprise. But uh, I think I'll go with him just because, uh, like I say, I just know a little bit more about him than I, than I do the other fighter. Okay. Very good answer. Um, Great. The, uh, the next fight will be uh, Ultimate Fighter alums, Rob Emerson and Manny Gimbarian. Um I'm going to go on the record and say it doesn't matter who wins, but after this fight, Manny will go down to 145 to WC to get programmed with Uriah Faber. We discussed this the other night, Big D. Um, wow. You, you, you've had time to, to think about what we discussed last time. Um, do, do, you, do you agree with, with my thoughts, or, or do you have any, you know, any uh, different conclusions? No, it's, I'll tell you what. Now that you told me that Manny's moving down to compete with Faber, I think he realizes that Faber is uh, is definitely, I don't want to say unbeatable, but he's one of those guys that's like the D champ, that ain't like a fluke champion. So I think now he's probably, we talked about hunger a few minutes ago, he needs this win just so people can say, you know, damn, this guy's ready. Um, so I'm going to go with Gambirin on this one. Um but you never really know. But I'm going to go with him on this one because I think that when he gets this win, then he can maybe they can use that to kind of cross promote WEC, um, and then he can say, you know, I'm going after Faber, and then all the people, who, especially if he wins, you know, spectacularly, all the people can say, yeah, I got to see this fight, and I, I already want to see it, and I haven't even seen the fight on Saturday, and I already want to see him fight Faber. So I'm going to go with with Van Buren. That family's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Manny. I'm gonna go with Manny too. Uh, Rob has just never impressed me uh, at all. You know, back on and it's kind of funny though. This also, uh, if you go back to the Ultimate Fighter, just uh, Rob he he, paint, he spray painted some shit on the wall, and then first uh, Nate Diaz went fucking gangster on him, and then Manny went fucking insane after that. So it's kind of like a little build up from there. But uh, I don't see Manny. Manny's fucking just too tough, man. He's a fucking bulldog, dude. He's pretty, he's fucking, he's short, but he's got, like, the size and the loosener gravity. I just see him taking Emerson down and just beating the living fuck out of him. I mean, the closest Emerson's got to winning a fight was when he fucking uh, 
got DDT or when he DDT'd fucking Gray Maynard and they were both fucking unable to continue on that one ultimate fighter finale. And, uh, yeah, he just does not impress me. I mean, he's a good dude. I've like, seen some interviews where he seems pretty cool, but he's, he's going to get fucking beat down, dude, come tomorrow. Well, Rob, Rob Emerson, for me, is not a UFC caliber fighter. So I think after he loses to Manny on Saturday, he's going to be released and, and he'll pop up on, you know, Elite XC or, you know, any other indie. Um, pardon me, there's a guy on a motorcycle out here. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's all right. I was just going to say, uh, Ed, about that finish on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, it, uh, that was one of the most spectacular finishes ever, that DDT double KO, because I told my friends, I was like, you know how when you play Street Fighter 2 or one of those old fighting games, you get the double knockout? I was like, they did a double knockout in UFC. And most people look at me like I'm crazy, and that's really what it was, kind of like a double knockout. Um, but you know what? It's kind of bittersweet that that could be his, what's the word, his legacy, that double knockout, but it was really spectacular, so it's a hell of a legacy, you know, you tell your grandkids, yeah, I was involved in a real-life double knockout, you never see that. Yeah, and I was there live when it happened, so that was, it was actually pretty cool, it was, it was actually, the first part was seeing Green Maynard, Maynard just fucking, having, you know, excuse after excuse about what the fuck happened, so, and then fucking like, Rob, Greener turned Rob babyface, and then fucking Rob had to fuck it up and start acting like a bitch in the interview and keep complaining, and they, he went back heel, dude. So that was actually pretty entertaining, too. So well, I think um, yeah, the shit from the, from the double uh, knockout and all the shit that happened after the fight, I think that was more entertaining from the, the actual fight itself. Okay, we, we mentioned Uriah Faber, and he has one defeat on his record, and that defeat came at the hands of Tyson Griffin. And I was there for the fight. It was a gladiator challenge, and it was one of the best fights I've ever seen live. And it was just an amazing contest. And I think that Manny Manville has the grappling ability to maneuver Uriah pretty much wherever he wants him to move. Because... At 45, Manville will be a very big 45 as opposed to a smaller 55, if you know where I'm going. And <clears throat> I think that that's going to be a money fight. And you guys need to go out of your way to see the Tyson Griffin, your uh, eye Faber fight. Um, it's on certain torrent sites or whatever, and I can see if I can pick it up for you guys. You guys need to see that fight. It's just exceptional stuff. And uh, I knew at that point that Tyson Griffin was going to be a star. I mean, when I saw him for Strike Force, I knew he was going to be a star. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm picking uh, Manny to win. Um, both both will leave the UFC. Manny will go to WEC. Rob will, you know, go and fight on some Midwest uh, cage fighting shows. Um, the next match, which uh, we have the guy with the worst nickname in the world, Ken Flo, uh, Kenny Ribs McFlorian against Roger Huerta. Um, I am going to say the winner of this will be the fans. Um, this yeah. has potentially be fight of the year, um, just on paper. Um, if you've seen, you have to go out of your way to see the UFC countdown show from this week. Um, 
Roger Huerta's story was just truly amazing. Um, it made him such a baby face, and it's just it's amazing, you know, the shits that this guy's come back from. And you know, and Florian's no joke either. I mean, I, I honestly think that that he should have beaten Shirk on a blood stoppage, but that's just me. Now, I I don't. The one reason I don't like Kenny is because of his elbows, and he, I. I there's an elbow strike, and then there's hitting with your elbow. Now, he hits with his elbow. In other words, he tries to use them as knives and razors to cut people. That's not what the sport's about. That's cheap. That's cheap. Trying to win on blood. That's weak. But uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, Roger Huerta, and he'll be granted a title shot after, I think. Uh, what do you think, D? Yeah, we talked about me and Roy. We talked about this on the Tuesday show. After um, I, I believe we didn't even get to it till later on. But yeah, you're right. This is gonna steal the show. I mean, uh, m- almost every super fight that you can put together in the 155 pound division is probably gonna be a show stealer. But this one really has the potential to. You know, I don't think Huerta. You know, one of the things about Huerta is win, lose, or draw. He's kind of going into that Clay Guida kind of mode where. He uh, and he hasn't lost, you know, in recent memory. But he um, he's going into that Clay Guida mode where, no matter what, he's going to put on some kind of memorable performance. I mean, there was that fight last year where he was looking at the cameras or at the uh, at the I'm sorry at the video screen to so he can throw those elbows. That's something that you've never I've never seen that before, and everybody popped for it at the bar. Um, and but Ken Flo's just so good on the ground. Uh, now I picked Ken Flo uh, on. On Tuesday, just because of the experience factor and because he's just, you know, he's amazing what he can do on the ground. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. My pick is that Ken Flo's gonna, is Kenny Florian's gonna slightly, slightly edge it out on this one. Okay, Casey, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on the elbows. Uh, other than the Chris Levin fight on the Ultimate Fighter, that's the only fight he's ever won because he's, he won because of, like, a blood stoppage. Every other fight that he's won, yeah, he throws the elbows, but he wins because he submits the guys. So it's not like you can say that's how he wins all his fights. Uh, as far as Marshall Huerta, I'm going to say that uh, even though he's a fellow Mexican of mine, I think he is overrated. Um, the only real competition that he's actually beat is uh, Guida, and that's only because Guida decided not to... Uh, run in the third fight and have the fight won. He kept on fighting, and he made a simple mistake, and he got caught. He's not going to do that with Kenny Florian. One thing about Kenny Florian, he's like, to me, he's like the, trip, like, you know, Triple H calls himself the cerebral assassin. That's what that's what uh, Kim Flo is, dude. He's the cerebral assassin. He fucking waits for you to make a mistake, and he makes you pay for it. You watch every one of his fights, that's exactly what happened. He's awesome on the ground. His stand-up's better than you would think it is. He's good in the Muay Thai clinch. I think he's going to uh, pretty much school Roger Warta, and he's going to expose him as the, uh, I don't want to say fraud, but he's going to expose him for not being the top challenger that he's made out to be. He gets the push because they're trying to push it, push him on the Mexicans and the Latino public. And uh, in my opinion, Kenny Kinflo is going to kick his ass. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> hey, Casey, I have a question for you. Is this like an official number one contenders fight? Like the winner faces BJ, or is this? We don't know yet. No, no, I haven't heard anything <laughs> official. But uh, I, I have the feeling that that Dana at the press conference after is just going to drop, you know, give the winner a title shot. It, just really. Yeah, the winner should get a title. 
the winner should get a title shot, and then if BJ wins, then he should fight George St. Pierre. And because, uh, in my opinion, you know, like I say, I'm down, a little down on Warta, but as far as records go, these are the two top guys under BJ Penn right now, and uh, they do deserve. Whoever wins this fight does deserve to get a title shot. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like the idea of a champion moving weight classes. Um, you're the champion of your division. You should be defending against everybody possible in that division until you lose the title or until, you know, you just figure that there aren't any more competition. Then you move up in weight. In other words, it should be up to Joe Silva, the booker, who books the fights. Um, it should be up to him on, you know, this guy's out of challengers. He's gone through the whole division. Then move up. I don't like the idea of Anderson Silva moving up and fighting in the the 205 division as a middleweight champion or BJ as the lightweight champion moving up to welterweight. I don't like it because, I mean, it's showing that they have no regard for the division that they're in. So you feel they should drop the belts or... So I don't want to say forfeit, that doesn't really happen too often in the sport, even though BJ's done that once before. Uh, you think they should forfeit the belt before they move up? Yes. Now, I wanted to get your thoughts. I got – Ed says that they should have BJ fight the winner of this fight before the GSP fight, which is slated for December. Do you feel that they should put on the GSP fight first just to make sure that they have the maximum drawing potential? Even though that could all be ruined on Saturday, but let's just pretend that let's just say that GSP wins on Saturday. Um, do you feel that that they should put the GSP pen fight on just so they can get that huge buy rate and then give uh, the winner of this fight his shot, or do you think they should put the that the lightweight title fight first and then the winner faces GSP? GSP should not even be in the picture. He should not. He's in a completely different division. He should not even be in the picture. Now, I think that the winner of this fight should get the next title fight with BJ Penn in Hawaii in a stadium. That Which would be awesome. the best time best time for them to, to jump into Hawaii, you know, with BJ Penn on top in a title fight. Then you can even, uh, you know, throw in maybe even an Anderson Silva defense. <clears throat> on You want to do both on that one card? That will be a stacked card. Or you can go with the with BJ against the winner on top. Then you can go with uh, like a maybe a 205 contender type fight, and then a you know a heavyweight contender type fight. You know. Yeah, like put Vanderlei on the card. You got to have like a knockout artist on there to like even well, I, it out. I don't. I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of two title fights on a show. Mm, okay. Yeah, me neither. It cheapens. It cheapens. Plus, you. I mean, if if you if you can't if your champion is not a draw, then you put him in the semi with a bigger draw above him. But you should okay, not so you, have to go with two two title fights. I mean, geez, come on. So you're not like Dana where he obsesses over having the title fight go on last. You'd actually be okay with putting a higher profile non-title match above the title match. That's kind of how I feel as well. You know, a lot of people think that Lesnar and Mir should have main evented that show. Uh, you know, Looking up on it after the show, maybe not, but in retrospect, you know, if I was the booker, I probably would have put that fight on last. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, that, so you think that's that you, you don't have that mentality where the belt has to go on last every show? Correct. That's good. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you know Brock Lesnar's drawing the house. Yeah, that, that time he did. 
That's for sure, in my opinion. Right. I mean, right. This Saturday he's drawing the house. You, know, you really think so like, again? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And but in any other in any other places, a UFC, you know, it's the brand that that you know draws money. Um, Casey, but correct th- me if I'm wrong, but didn't they have one pay per view a couple of years ago where they had three title fights and they went over the time? Ah, uh, you got me. Um, I could have sworn they had like three title fights, and they said they were never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense. I I don't know why in the hell they would have three title fights on on one show. Um, you know, if they did, you know, it would probably be the um, the Super Bowl weekend. You know, which is their quote unquote WrestleMania. I always thought their WrestleMania was the December show because they always hype that up as the biggest car of the year. Oh, you know what? You're right. I take that back. I take that back. You're right. The December would probably be probably be uh, more of their biggest. But um, do, do you think that they could? And I'm sorry if I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm just curious to get into what? your mind. Do you do you think that they could sell out at this point in popularity? Because they're popular, but. You really think they can fill up a stadium? Because a stadium, I mean, WWE can do it once a year, pretty much. I mean, I really doubt they can do it maybe twice if they have, like, a super stacked SummerSlam card or whatever. But do you think they can really fill up, like, uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm going to name a random one, um, uh, Reliance Stadium? Or do you think that the, the company and the brand and the sport has to get to that mainstream level before they can do that? I think they can do it in Hawaii with BJ. I really what about can. in uh, what what about the Sky Dome? Even though I know that Toronto hasn't been cleared yet, as far as I've seen, what about the Sky Dome with GSP? Very possible. That might that might be possible, but it, it as far as right now, it won't happen in the continental United States. I mean, aren't there still tickets available for the fight tomorrow? I mean, uh, and a lot of times Vegas doesn't sell out till right towards the end. I don't think it's possible here. We get too many shows. It's, you know, it's popular, but it's not that popular. I think maybe Toronto. I'm thinking maybe, you know, as much as I hate that they go to fucking England all the time, I think they could maybe do it somewhere overseas like in England. But uh, maybe if they were able to, like if Warta was to win and they could build Warta and you could maybe build a show of like Warta getting title shot, uh, push Diego, push that guy who won on the last show, The I forgot his name, but the Hispanic guy, you, there's, there's a chance maybe you could do it in Mexico. Um, I don't know. I think it's, uh, boxing is still bigger in Mexico. But as far as the continental United States, it's not going to happen for a while. I mean, you would have to have everybody fight. You'd have to have Couture, uh, Fedor. You'd have to have uh, Chuck against either Vandalay or Anderson Silva. Or you'd have to have basically every fucking title be defended, and then it would still be iffy if they could do it here in the United States. But Hawaii yeah. would be a good Hawaii would be a real good chance with BJ, but because you know they don't get the UFC all the time, it's something that would be like a once in a lifetime show. So I think they could do it there. But as far as here, there's still a few years away from that happening here in the United States. Um, let's see. We have uh, lineups posted for the September 17th UFC Fight Night. Uh, the main event: Nate Diaz against Josh Neer, and the semifinal: Yeah, buddy. Mac Danzig will be taking on Clay Guida. That's orgasmically 
uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, that's those two are my favorites. I mean, watching Ultimate Fighter, Mac Danzy got in there, and it was just so funny because I, you know, I don't like to read any spoilers, and I know that they really keep that super tight. But I was told that there were spoilers for the show out. But just him coming in saying. Oh, uh, I'm going to beat everybody, and I'm a vegan, and all this. And he was such a heel, but he did. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, and, and that's beat everybody. So, and then Clay Guida, you know, he's never boring. There's no such thing as a boring Clay Guida fight. That should go on last. That should be the main event. That's right. That is right. That's going to be fun stuff. That's going to be uh, Wednesday, September 17th on Spike TV. Yeah, Stevie J and Lady J will be there live. I believe it is in Omaha, so they will Omaha, be there live. Yeah. Isn't a hmm? Omaha, yeah. yeah. Yep, yeah, they'll be there. And isn't Houston Alexander also fighting on that card? Yes, against Eric Schaefer. There's another guy who, you know, win, lose, or draw, he, always, he either knocks somebody out or he gets knocked out. So I look forward to watching him fight every time. Sometimes you can call me bloodthirsty, but I, I love Houston win, lose, or draw. But if he keeps losing, they're going to cut him. <laughs> well, we we have announced so far for October 18th. Yes, I'm moving way the fuck ahead. UFC 89, right. we have Bisping and Lieben. We have Leota Machida and Thiago Silva. Brandon Vera and Keith Jardine, which should be very interesting. Um, Sokoju and Luis Kane. Paul Taylor and Chris Lytle. Ooh, wow. That's going to be fun. And Paul Kelly and Marcus Davis. That's going to be good stuff, too. That's going to be for free, right? Yeah, should be. It's from England, so. Let me cut you guys off on that real quick. Uh, Speaking of uh, Brandon Vera, I started a poll in the Mixed Martial Arts Forum. Uh, I'm just sick and tired of reading about fucking Mike Coughlin and fucking uh, NME or whatever the fuck his name is. I mean, they're cool dudes, and I respect what they have to say. But they fucking jack off on Brandon Vera fucking almost every fucking day. And I don't and he talks about Brandon they talk about Brandon Vera, he's making fans even though he's losing and I have no fucking idea what the fuck they're talking about, dude. Brandon Vera has a few good fights early on and then all of a sudden he fought Tim Sylvia and yeah, so what if he had a broken hand? So did Quinn Quinn fucking Jackson, dude. And Jackson didn't decide to fucking grab a clinch and hold it for fucking three fucking rounds or whatever the fuck it was. So I blame Vera for that fucking fight. The next fight he gets fucking mounted and he fucking pounded on, it was going to be stopped regardless. Maybe he stopped it too soon, but he was fucking dead in the water. And then he cries like a little fucking bitch after it. And then he moves down. They put him against a fucking nobody, and he has the most fucking boring fight ever. And I'd like to know, in your opinion, do you guys care if you ever fucking see Brandon Vera ever fucking fight again? No. Wait. I don't like him. Well, I have to give you an opinion on something else. You said the word fucking like literally 30 times there. You know, and if I had a dollar for every time you said the word fucking, I'd have like $30. And that's enough to buy the Mike Modest shoot interview on WrestleWarehouse.com. So, plug. But, yeah, no, awesome. No, I agree with both of you guys. I hate Brandon Vary. He's fucking boring. Now I'm doing it. Every time. <laughs> well, Eddie... Uh, Ed, you're going to have to go in a few minutes, uh, but we have uh, we have Brock Lesnar and Heath Herring. Give me a quick prediction. Well, I got money on Lesnar, so I'm going with Lesnar. Hopefully he'll win. Uh, I see Brock. Brock could be the next big 
big superstar. I mean, he could be bigger than Chuck. He could be bigger than fucking GSP. He could be bigger than everybody, dude. It's just he's that. He's got to win. Got to yeah. win. He's got to fucking win, and I hope he wins. And, you know, he could change the face of the fucking mixed martial arts if he wins and he keeps winning, and he could be a fucking gigantic superstar like you've never seen before. But he has to win, and hopefully he will start winning fucking tomorrow night. And one more for you, Eddie. GSP and John Fitch. Uh, this is a tough one. I mean, because GSP is as awesome as he looks and as unbeatable as he looks, he can be beat. I mean, it's been proven, man. He's beat him. Matt Serra fucking upset him. Matt Serra beat him standing, of all things. So he can be beat. It's all depending on what kind of strategy that Fitch has, what kind of mental frame that GSP's in. I mean, on paper, GSP should kill him on paper, but, you know, that's, it's the, real, the real world is totally different. So I'm going to go with GSP, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was upset. There you go. Um, let's see, in about seven minutes from now, the Drunk Cast will be going live. Blogtalkradio.com backslash Edward hyphen Laredo, L-O-R-E-D-O. Or you can go to blogtalkradio.com and type in Ed in San Antonio. Ed, I'll be talking to you in a few minutes. I'll be reaching out for the hot tag, brother. Thanks for coming on. Okay, man. I'll I'll talk to you. Uh, Nice talking to you, too. I'll talk to you later, too. Bye-bye. All right, bro. Am I jumping on that show, too? Nah, it's it's up to you. All right. Now, it's you and me, big boy. Oh, Lord. (laughs) All right, well, uh, we Brock have what? Heath. We got one fight left, right? Two. Brock and Heath. Yeah, um, Heath's way too experienced, but uh, he can't finish anybody. Like, I, I, I'm thinking back, okay? And the only time I remember him actually finishing somebody was a couple of earlier fights in Pride. Uh, I, I remember he had issues finishing uh, Giant Silva, and that's a joke, uh, you know, with, with the low kicks and whatnot, but... I kind of think that, you know, can Brock really not make a mistake with for, for 15 minutes? He made a mistake within, the, within two minutes uh, the first time. Do you really think he has that edge where he can't make a mistake for 15 minutes? Uh, I don't know. i got to go with Heath here, my experience. Yeah, i, I got to agree with you. And uh, to be honest, I think that Heath is going to win decisively and Brock will be cut. Wow, you think they're going to cut him right just like that? Yeah. So where's he go, affliction? To... Yep. Exactly. And then he's going to become a star. Him and Fedor are going to, you know, pop a huge by rate. Do, do you think, because Coughlin said that in two years after he saw after he saw what Lesnar did on that uh, that K1 Dynamite show in uh, in Cali, do you think that he um that that he can really become the next Fedor? I I don't know. I mean, look. I've seen a lot of different training regimens, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a fighter myself, but I've, I, I know a lot of martial artists myself because uh, Manservant Tex is one, uh, and I don't know, Fedor seems to be like from another planet. I mean, it, it, you know, he's not huge, he's not like a big muscular freak, and he's not little. He, he has like a little gut. He just doesn't feel any pain. It seems. Do you really think that Brock can hit that level? I, I really don't. Uh, no. 
No, <laughs> I, I honestly don't. Um, I think that Brock got in the game too late. You think he, he would have got in right after right after college or whatever? You think he would he would have? Yeah, I think so too. I think he would have had enough time to prepare. Exactly, exactly. See, he's cramming everything. He's cramming for his final. You know, that's what his mixed martial arts training's been. Cramming. You know, I got I got to be honest with you, real quick. If you, just, if you can give me just a couple minutes, it seems like karma, man, because he walked out on the WWE and gave them two weeks' notice. And yeah, most jobs you can give a two week notice, not in wrestling. And right, and then he goes for the Vikings. And he's a freak of nature and does not make it. And now he's in UFC failing. So it's kind of like him leaving WWE's like kind of bite him in the ass. I have this like funny feeling that, you know, I'm sure Vince doesn't watch the UFC, but I'm sure they tell him what happens. But I have this feeling that Vince gets some kind of satisfaction from seeing Brock lose and maybe hopes that he'll come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that he gets satisfaction from hearing him lose. I know that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking given. Uh, let's see. Um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Heath Herring's going to knock him out in a second. Really? With what? A, what ground and pound or kick or what do you think? Head kick followed by ground and pound. No, you know what? No, just head kick and then a couple shots on the ground. He's going to catch Brock. Either that or he's going to feed Brock a knee. Because you know Brock's a big dude. Yeah, he's going to shoot in and get caught, you think? Yeah. I, I think that he's going to time it right, and he's just going to feed him a knee, and he's going to fucking swallow it for dinner. And I think that's that's going to be it. Probably the second round, but it's going to be fun to watch. All right, well, uh, the main event, GSP defending the 170-pound title against John Fitch. Um, I put $100 down on John Fitch. Who's, really? Uh, what is he, plus 250 Wait, what's the favorite? Is the favorite plus? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not from Vegas. You got to get Sawyer on. Yeah. I, well, I think it's either minus or plus two fifty. But he's the underdog, so I put my hundred down. If I win, I get three fifty. So you're going for Fitch. You're that confident that Fitch is going to take out the cyborg George St. Pierre? Well, he's a he's an AKA fighter, brother. American Kickboxing Academy up here in San Jose. I mean, I yeah, know not, I know the guys he works out with. You know, and, yeah, and the t- guys you're talking about that. Those guys are tough. He, uh, man, the thing is, GSP. I have this feeling that you're 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 probably right because I think GSP's coming into this fight completely overconfident. I really am. I really feel that he is. I think that he's thinking about he's thinking about BJ, and I don't I think mean so getting too. one. I, I that's really bad. Think he's got BJ on his mind. Exactly. Never overlook the guy that's in front of you. Ever. Yeah. If you no, do, I you agree with you on that one. So, well, um, wh- what do you think? Give me a winner, and how do you think it's going to happen? Well, okay. I'll, I thought a little bit more about it. On my Big D show, I said that GSP is probably going to get him in the third or second round. Uh, Fitch is going to make a mistake. He's going to catch him. Um, right now, I'm not so confident because I've been reading a lot about what GSP's been saying, and I really, like we were just saying, I think he really is, is uh, and I'm using the word really a lot, so excuse me on that one, uh, it's late. Uh, he's uh, very much overlooking what John Fitch can do. John Fitch 
has not lost, you know, since forever, right? Uh, he's what, he, he won what, four, I'm sorry? 15 fights over five years. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the last couple fights, he had a Diego fight, he kind of didn't finish it as quickly as people thought he should have, but whatever, he still won. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think that GSP might go in here fooling around because every time GSP has lost, it's been because he's gone in and underestimated somebody. He underestimated Matt Hughes because he was being pushed as the new future of MMA or whatever. Lost. Matt Sarah was thought of to be a joke. You know, and he's like, oh well, Sarah got the shot from winning the Ultimate Fighter. He didn't really, you know, you know, he didn't really work his way up the ranks necessarily. He didn't beat the people who he needed to beat. Um, and that he lost. So I, I think that if GSP really is going into this fight with that mentality, he's going to lose. John Fitch is too good. This is not a tomato can, you know. But he, he, the reason why people think that GSP is going to win is because John Fitch has not been pushed as like this super commodity. Like everybody, you know, they push, you know, guys like GSP. They push guys like, um, you know, Matt Hughes. These these big, you know, superstars of the UFC. John Fitch has kind of been under that. He hasn't he's been kept under the radar a little bit. And I think if he wins though, if he defeats GSP, yeah, that's that's probably gonna make him a star, in my opinion. The thing with GSP is I don't I feel that he is not a champion. He's not a champion. I don't he it takes a champion to defend your title. And he can't seem to do it. And I, I just Plus, I know John personally. I've seen him fight for years now since he's moved out here. And, you know, it's he's an amazing fighter. He's got all the tools. Um, he will be in tip-top shape. Um, they, I mean, he will be ready to go. He will be ready to go five and then some. Um, he has superior wrestling. And, you know, he's going to be able to control George. The thing is, he needs to watch out for those those head kicks. And those spinning kicks, that's what he needs to work on and watch out for. And I think that, you know, he, he trains with Kung Lee. Yeah. Best, best pure striker in MMA. And, you know, if, if you can defend against Kung Lee's kicks, brother, you can defend against fucking anybody. And Yeah, I, I think Kung Lee can knock anybody out. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you, <laughs> you saw what he did to Frank Shermock's arm. That yeah, that was like something out of freaking. That was like something out of a of an old martial arts movie or like a Jet Li movie where the guy's just dangling. It, it, yeah, that was scary. He's that's a scary guy right there, Kung Lee. Mhm. Wait until he's a free agent. You think he's gonna go to UFC? Eventually. But I hope not. Because really, how come? Uh, well, I, I hope not because he he fights for my quote unquote home promotion, Strikeforce. I like I've been there since the beginning, and I've always backed them. And you know I have friends that work for the company and fight for the company. Um, I think that they're going to keep Kung Lee do whatever they have to do because he is a drawing card in Northern California. Now, if they can't seem to keep him, then obviously you know he'll he'll slide his way into UFC and and. Uh, he won't have to work his way up. Um, he'll come in the same way Anderson Silva did, headline a, a fight night and make an impression that way because I'm salivating. I am salivating thinking of Anderson Silva in a striking fight with Kung Lee. 
I mean, that is fucking money. That's scary. <laughs> that's, I, 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 that's a scary situation. That's some fucking leather flying, brother. And that's no joke. That is so, no joke. So, what do you think? You think Fitch, how do you think Fitch is going to win this thing? I am going to say... A Kimura in the second. Now, because GSP is prone to getting caught with arm locks, he lost to Hughes to an arm lock, and he tends to leave his arms hanging out. Now, if you leave those arms out for a, a, a fighter of the caliber of, of Fitch, he will grab it. Fitch will grab it. Because Fitch is a very intelligent fighter. His brain is always working. He's a lot like Frank Shamrock. A lot like Frank. They, they're, they're really, really similar as far as their, their, uh, their fighting philosophy and whatnot. Plus, you know, they're friends, too. You know, they're all, they're all down here in San Jose. But uh, <clears throat> he is a, matter, uh, a master uh, strategist, you know, and, and if uh, GSP, you know, leaves an ankle out or, or an arm, you know, Fitch is going to grab a hold, and he's going to snap the fucking thing. You know, and I am going to cheer like a motherfucker when he does. Because I do not like overconfident fighters. Yes, it's great to be confident, yes. But not cocky and not overly confident. And that is George St. Pierre. Maybe you, you know what, he's French-Canadian, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh... You know, I was funny because when when Sarah beat George St. Pierre uh, last year, I was kind of like, "Oh, what the hell!" But I remember reading a, uh, I believe it was a, an interview he did where he said, I, I, "I can't really quote what he said, but he said something along the lines of, I was sick.' He was basically bitching the whole time. I was sick. I, I was, you know, he was. I, I didn't feel good. I wasn't, you know, it's just Matt Sarah's not on my level and." Or something like that. When I heard that, I was just like, "This guy's a complete asshole." Like, this guy, what, what a, what a, what a woman, you know? Uh, but he won me back, you know, when he started, you know, he won me back with the Koscheck fight. He didn't really win me back then, but when he came in there, George St. Pierre, and when he took Matt Hughes and he dissected Matt Hughes, I mean, that was we were all watching that like, "Damn, I've never seen Matt Hughes get fucked like that," except for maybe B.J. Penn in the um, UFC 46 Supernatural card when BJ just went in there and just took him, which was, it's a thing of beauty when you see something like that, you know, when you see somebody who you like, who's like an underrated fighter, and you see him go in there and just take it, it's a beautiful thing, so I, I know what you're talking about, if you see Fitch just go in there, especially if it's in the first round, I don't think it will be, I think it'll be second or third, but if it's in the first and he just goes in there and because I think the first round is going to be a feeling out process. They, like you said, they're they're both really intelligent. It's going to be a human game of chess, not you know to quote Larry Zabisco. Um, but they're going to go in there and and if he does catch him, I know that the the zombie household will be ecstatic because I I can definitely see that Fitch is is one of your people and and if he beats a guy who's seen as unbeatable, that's a beautiful thing. Amen. Well, uh, since no one called in to answer the trivia question, who was the first WCW European champion, and who did he defeat? Do you have the answer? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't have a clue. 
Okay, um, what's funny is they uh, WCW created this title before WWF did. Yeah, way before. Uh, I remember the title. I just don't remember who beat who and who had it. I, I, I didn't Regal have it, or am I? No, he didn't have no. it. He did. No, he didn't. No, no, he was supposed to be the second holder. The Sting defeated Vader in the final for the belt. Was it in Europe? In Europe, yes, in Europe. And so this, what, what this was, was like '94, right? Yeah, 94. What was supposed to happen, it was, it was supposed to be Sting and Regal in a program after. But they had a falling out or something with uh, the European local promoters. So, yeah, the first one and only WCW European champion was Sting, and he defeated Vader in 1994. That's a very good question. We, 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 we dig deep for these trivia questions, brother. We don't just you know make them easy. But, yeah, you can't well, bust out with stuff like that. But you can go real deep and be like, you know, say something completely obscure like in the uh, 1992 Bret Hart versus David Boy Smith Intercontinental title match, what was the fourth move used? Then you really are going to screw somebody. But, yeah, that's a good question right there. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm going to make a hot tag over to Ed, but before I go, plug your show, dog. Yes. All right www.angrymarks.com. That's the website. Stevie, Stevie J runs the site. For the most part, it's his. I'm, I'm like the head contributor there or whatever. My show is Big D and the Super Friends. You can look for updates on angrymarks.com or to a message board near you. The website is www.blogtalkradio.com slash emperor underscore big underscore D. Uh, episode one was mainly a pro wrestling show, and episode two had um, our very own Kid Zombie, as well as Rohib on talking UFC 87 like we just did a few minutes ago. Uh, the third episode, there is no set time for the show right now. We don't. It's, it's a new show, and it's a matter of getting guests on at the right time, you know. So the next one is tentatively scheduled for Wednesday of next week. That may change depending on who I can get on the show. I'm working on a couple of indie people. Hopefully I can do it. If not, we'll have Tex on to talk about the uh, the beating that he took at the hands of Dr. Keith Lipinski, WrestleMania weekend. I think he's still recovering from that. Uh, but that's the show, Big D and Super Friends, variety show. Uh, we take callers once in a while. It's uh, it's different. It's good, though, in my opinion. I'm very happy with it so far. Hi, D. Thanks for coming on for a special Friday night edition of RubberGuard. We'll uh, be talking to you very soon. Yes, thank you. Anytime. Anytime, just, just IM me or, or hit me up, and I'll be here. Awesome. Thanks for your time, brother. Thank you. I do. All right. Well, that was Big D. Always a pleasure to have him on. Um, intelligent conversation, which is a, a rarity nowadays on the Internet. But um, before we uh, make the hot tag over to Ed's show, uh, please visit my sponsors, uh, WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, you can uh, get wrestling masks, DVDs, T-shirts. Um, they just released two new shoot interviews, the Ballard Brothers shoot interview, which is two discs, shoot interview and matches, and the Michael Modest shoot interview, which would be fun stuff. Uh, check them out, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you can get our archives. First 32 episodes are at RubberGuardRadio.com. The other... 40-some-odd shows are at blogtalkradio.com backslash rubberguardradio. Also, if you're on MySpace, you can contact us, myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. And you could also email me personally, kidzombie2000 at aol.com. 
Um, yeah, uh, go out of your way, guys, to uh, check out this uh, UFC this week, this weekend. It should be a fun show. And uh, we'll be talking to you guys on next Thursday.